Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, Topical News Nostalgia fans. Welcome to Top Stories, the podcast in which the Bugle podcast raids its own podcast archives. I am Andy Zaltzman, and today we go back to issue 85 of the Bugle, I Need a Hero, from August 2009. Warning, this show contains John Oliver singing. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Top story this week. I need a hero! I'm holding out for the hero till the end of the night! He's gotta be tall, and he's gotta be a two-time president, and his hair's got to be white! God, it's almost every other bugle you start singing now, John. Uh, I think I'm settling into a nice rhythm of power rock as well. I'm wearing uh, spray-on leather trousers. It's with the invention of spray-on leather that's made that possible. Now... Andy, I think I said a few uh, bugles ago that uh, the key to life seems to be find something that you're good at and do it as much as you can. So, you know, if you're a good carpenter, make as many things out of wood as you can. If you're a good pole vaulter, you should carry a long pole with you wherever you go and always be on the lookout for things to vault over, preferably with highly cushioned surfaces on the other side. And if you happen to be good at flying across the world to negotiate the release of two female journalists before flying back to greet the world's media looking like you just stepped out of an aftershave commercial, then for f- sake, do it. <laughs> and perhaps luckily, and definitely unsurprisingly, President Bill Clinton turns out to be just the man for that job. This week, in a closely guarded move, he flew to the most secretive nation on earth to retrieve two American journalists who'd been captured months ago and sentenced to 11 years in jail. And, and this is a North Korean jail that we're talking about, Andy. Probably not a pool table there. <laughs> Although there might be a photograph uh, on the wall of Kim Jong-il's water slide, if, <laughs> if you're lucky. But it wasn't just 11 years, though, John, though, was it? It was reform through labour. So it wasn't just your standard Her Majesty's pleasure that you get here. This is reform through labour. Now I reckon it, if I heard that in my sentencing, I'd, I'd start getting a bit jumpy. I'd start calling in a few yeah. presidents, frankly. You're not a big fan of reform or labour, are you, Andy? No, let alone when they're put together. Yeah, not really. <laughs> no, you, there's a time and a place, and uh, <laughs> neither of those is in a North Korean jail. <laughs> the problem was that not only is America still technically at war with North Korea due to the fact that the North Korean war was never really technically declared over, but relations have worsened recently with North Korea's insistence on making very loud bangs, even when they've been expressly told not to. Bill Clinton had apparently agreed to meet with Kim Jong-il just days after North Korea had insulted his wife. Things had descended to petty name-calling after uh, the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton had likened North Korea to an unruly child. She'd said, 
Uh, what we've seen is this constant demand for attention. Uh, and maybe it's the mother in me or the experience I've had with small children and unruly teenagers and people who are demanding attention. But don't give it to them. They don't deserve it. They're acting out. Now, that might sound true, but is it really? Because would you actually ignore a petulant child who has a toy box filled with <laughs> nuclear warheads? I think you might be inclined to keep an eye on them. It's all about balance parenting, John, you know. What you give with one hand, you take away with the other. I mean, you say that, Andy. Yeah. I mean, say Matilda had you know, a few random nuclear warheads yeah. in her bedroom. Yeah. Now, would you just go, oh, you know, yes, she's threatening to set them off, but, you know, that's just a phase she's going through. Well, I'd say we can't have them unless, uh, unless you eat your peas. So, it's, you know, it's about negotiation, isn't it? You know, if, if you play around with the nuclear weapons and you're not supposed to, no story before bedtime. Pretty so, much what America seems to have done with North Korea. Also, Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton also said that North Korea has no friends left, which right. really is kind of a playground-level diplomacy, isn't it? Just kind of teasing, <laughs> taunting North Korea. Mateless. You're mateless. In, in fact, North Korea did not appreciate that, because they hit back saying, sometimes she looks like a primary school girl, and sometimes like a pensioner going shopping. Well... <laughs> Hold on, which, Kim? There's not a lot of crossover between those two looks. <laughs> She's got a very good makeup artist, though, to be fair. <laughs> so, uh, the two journalists, uh, Una Lee and uh, Laura Ling, uh, now, before this week, if someone had said Una Lee and Laura Ling to you, you'd probably have guessed that they were an adverb and a present participle, meaning, respectively, <laughs> in an inevitably one off manner, um, he cut off his own head, Una Lee, or, uh, and also in the process of going off on a tedious and unnecessary tangent in the middle of a long anecdote. Uncle Frobisher was once again laureling at considerable length when suddenly <laughs> it became clear that Auntie Harvietta had died. But now we know more about them, John, these uh, two journalists. And what a story, what a story, Bill Clinton, uh, as far as I know it, the details of the story that Clinton, uh, in a secret undercover mission, stormed into North Korea, posing as a wildlife photographer, and then gradually, over the course of several years, infiltrated Kim Jong-il's inner circle by giving the leader some really nice photos of uh, insects and tigers and stuff, becoming one of Kim's most trusted confidants and lovers. And then, when he'd been accepted as an honorary <laughs> North Korean, he busted into the Pyongyang ladies' prison, armed only with a rucksack full of apples, which he then started flinging about with wild abandon in a flurry of fruit as the prison guards returned fire... Clinton grabbed the two journalists, slung one over each shoulder and used them as shoulder pads as he barged his way out of jail like uh, an American football player trying to get hold of a quarterback who's been swapping his wife. At least uh, that's according to the first draft of the film script of the story. Still uh, about as close as Pearl Harbor to the historical account. It deserves a movie, this, Andy. It's been an incredible story. The State Department was unable to, to sanction an official visit uh, to negotiate, so it did need someone to operate under the radar. And then you realise, hold on, Bill Clinton is Jack Bauer. He's become the very TV character he loves so much. And I do think it's important that we recognise when they do something the world can enjoy. The Navy SEALs killing the pirates and freeing the hostage, that was impressive. And Bill's little adventure, pretty cool. No taxpayer money was used to fund the trip, uh, apart from uh, the Secret Service agents travelling with him. The plane was an all-business-class private jet lent to him by Steve Bing and Shangri-La Entertainment. <laughs> All I will say on that, Andy, is, is this. Bill Clinton plus Shangri-La Entertainment's private jet. One, there was definitely a hot tub in there. <laughs> Two, it definitely got used. I'll leave it at that. You're right. Well, I'm sure there were preparations and negotiations done long before they left. I love the idea that he just decided to get in a plane and go and get them. Well, it was slightly more complicated than that, wasn't it? Because uh, Clinton was actually on a list of names of people that uh, North Korea apparently said they would be prepared 
to negotiate yeah, with. That's true. Um, alongside the likes of uh, Reese Witherspoon, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Dessler from Twenty Four. Hang on, those are all women that Kim Jong Il fancies. It was a diplomatic booty call. Wily old sea dog. M- Marilyn Monroe was on the list too, but uh, as we know, news is quite restricted over in North Korea. <laughs> But the Obama administration had apparently wanted to send Al Gore over instead of Clinton. Uh, now, Gore is, is co-founder of Current TV, who the two journalists were working for at the time. But North Korea wanting Clinton. I think it essentially became a question of haggling. Now, maybe North Korea first wanted Mandela, so uh, America offered them ex-Australia Prime Minister John Howard instead. So the North Koreans counter-offered by saying they take Bruce Springsteen, and the White House offered Al Gore, both sides settled on Clinton. But... <laughs> Whatever preparation went into it, you cannot deny it was a huge success. He didn't even spend the night there. Landed, took a few photos, picked them up, and f***ed off back to America. That's the way he rolls. Exactly that. He was very careful not to smile or seem glib, but it must have been very tempting for him just to swagger back up the steps of the plane, shouting, See, not that hard, high-fiving anyone within arm's reach and shouting back at the North Koreans, That's right, that's how daddy gets it done. (laughs) It was even a surprise for the two journalists. Apparently they'd been told they were going to a meeting and then walked into a room to see President Clinton standing there. I imagine, for a start there, there were two things. Am I free or am I in even more trouble? <laughs> and it was pretty much ramped up for the most dramatic impact. It's not there should have been reality TV show cameras stationed there so that Clinton could look at them and say, I have the results of our negotiations in this envelope and I'm going to tell you whether you're free when you join us after these messages. <laughs> the only way it could have been more stylish was if they'd just airdropped Clinton in full black Navy SEAL gear and a hunting knife in his mouth to bust them out, <laughs> and him come back appearing through a cloud of smoke, journalist under each arm, torn shirt, and as the smoke clears, you see all North Korea's nuclear warheads physically tied into cartoon knots. <laughs> President Obama, when he got back, said, uh, I'm sure that President Clinton will have some interesting observations from his trip. And, and while I'm sure he'll have some information on the health of Kim Jong-il and, and, and perhaps even on his likely successor in the near future, Obama should be prepared for Clinton's first few observations to be on the lines of, I'm the greatest! <laughs> Say it! Say I'm the greatest! If you say it, I'll give you the rest of my observations. What, what was that? Louder? You're right, I am the greatest. Here's my second observation. I'm unbelievable! The White House were very careful to distance themselves from this trip. The Secretary of State said, I want to be sure people don't confuse what Bill did, which was a private humanitarian mission to bring these young women home, with our policy, which continues to be one that gives choices to North Korea. But of course, we have the strange situation here where the State Department cannot possibly even claim to have not known due to the fact that the Secretary of State is married to the man concerned. (laughs) And that trip is likely to come up in conversation. Oh, I just thought, I'm off out, love, back in a bit. Oh, yeah, where are you off to? Uh, Just a bit of a wonder. Might catch a movie or uh, get some dinner or go over to North Korea to negotiate the release of those journalists or maybe go to the driving range and just hit some balls. What was that last one? Said I might catch a movie. Okay then, bye. Do you just worry though the stress it would put on their relationship? You know, if if he couldn't tell her, Bill, you're being secretive again. You know, I don't like it. Brings back memories. <laughs> He's just lucky that there were cameras there in North Korea. Hey, guess what? I, 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 while I was away the last couple of days, I was in North Korea negotiating those journalists' release. Oh, don't lie to you were with her again. <laughs> Thank you for listening. More Greatest Hits, or to be specific, Greatest Hit, tomorrow. If you've got a classic Bugle top story you'd like to hear, do let us know. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.